Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. Uh, for today's podcast, we're kindly joined once more by Alan Green. Alan, thank you much for joining us today. Hello, John. Good to be back. So we're going to be discussing uh, a number of equities in some detail a little bit later on in the podcast, Alan. But before that, we're going to be looking at, as we usually do on our weekly instalment of this podcast, the most important themes and moves in markets and really looking at what's happening out there at the moment. I think it would be a good idea to have a look at the reshuffle that we've just seen Mm. on the FTSE 100. So um, we've seen two stocks promoted to the uh, FTSE 100 and and quite um, uniquely for this reshuffle, we've actually seen one stock demoted to the the FTSE 250 and one stock that's actually going to be leaving uh, the, the FTSE indices altogether. In, in Just Eat. So we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that. But Alan, let's start off with Morrison's and Megit, two companies that have received takeover offers and very much in the, the midst of a bidding uh, war at the moment. I mean, what does it look like for these two companies? Are these bids that look like they're going to be going through and we could actually see these companies disappear from the FTSE 100 in the not too distant yeah. future? I, I think well, well, the, the the companies that have put the bids in. Uh, I mean, firstly, in the case of in the case of Morrison's, of course, we've seen um, there's a battle uh, currently going on between CD and CDNR and Fortress over um, uh, over the uh, the bids for Morrison's, and uh, the, both groups clearly see an opportunity to gain a foothold in the UK grocery market. And I think um, you know th- this is. Uh, well, grocery, grocery, re, uh, grocery retailers going forward are uh, a cornerstone investment because, of course, um, uh, companies or, or operators within the sector that uh, have a great online offering um, that can sort of provide a COVID-safe uh, uh, supply of food and groceries to homes are a surefire bet. And of course, Morrison's have taken giant steps forward in that regard um, in recent years. Um, and I think, uh, and I think uh, the, the growth that Morrison's has seen in comparison to, uh, to, to, to his competitors, such as Tesco and Asda, of course, um, are, uh, are, are, are very noteworthy. Um, but I mean, there is, there is also uh, um, an issue on valuation too, um, that I think is worth considering. Um, currently, with w- the uh, w- Morrison share price is trading at uh, two eighty nine pence, and of course it rocketed um, in June when the news of the bid first came in. Shares have been up to that point trading at about one seventy to, uh, to to one eighty p. But of course, the valuation now pushes the valuation up to seven billion, and it was noted that um, the uh, the price earnings ratio of Morrison's at current levels is 72 and a half times versus Tesco, which has a P ratio of just four times. So, um, yeah, Morrison's might have the technology and it's taken steps forward in the online uh, grocery market and um, uh, a superior uh, uh, distribution uh, channel or or as viewed by the 
by the companies bidding for the company or bidding for Morrison's. But um, is that sustainable? Um, I think uh, I think it's a little overheated, and I think uh, yeah, Morrison's may have popped his head above the parapet and uh, and gained a fleeting uh, entry into the FTSE 100. But of course, if it's acquired, then it will disappear and it'll be replaced at the next quarter. Um, so at these levels, would I buy Morrison's? No, probably not. It's all priced in. There's a bidding war. So if it uh, if the if the if, if the price of the bids does increase slightly, it'll go up slightly. But really, uh, in terms of further upside from here, um, I think we're some years away from that. So I believe once the deal is completed, then it'll disappear from the market and become a become a a, 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 a corporate owned entity um, such as uh, ASDA. So. I just, just want to take a step back, actually, and look at the bigger picture here, Alan, when, when we're looking at these two companies, because it's not just Morrison's and Mega, which, which are receiving bids from, um, and in, in this case, private equity, but, you know, whatever it may be, looking at UK companies, also Ultra Electronics as a company that's been receiving some interest. I mean, what does that say to you in terms of the overall valuation of UK companies and, and UK markets? And, you know, is it a case that now if you're looking at UK companies valuations relative to the United States, for example, that we are somewhat undervalued? And and what sort of approach would you look to take? Because, of course, it's very difficult to try and select individual equities that are going to be receiving bids. But do you think it's, it's a case that you try and do that and, and maybe try and take a, a spread and, and build a basket of stocks that, that look undervalued? Or do you take a more broad approach to say, OK, yes, UK equities are receiving um, interest from, from companies indeed to take them private. So there's some value there. And you look at the, the you know, maybe the FTSE 100 basket as a whole and say, maybe we're going to see some outperformance here relative to some of the other um indices over in in america such as the the s&p 500 and dow jones i think there are merits on on both approaches john uh, and certainly a, a basket of stocks uh, you know uh, across a fund or um uh, uh, or, or or simply or simply managing yourself is uh, is a good way to ensure you have exposure to all sectors but of course um another way might be to look at those uh, entities that have received bids and look at the other players in the sector and there may still be some laggards that um, that are, are are lagging behind in terms of price earning ratios uh, and all the rest of it and you could maybe look to pick up a stock in in that company too but I think um, I think it's what is encouraging of course uh, as investors m a activity is fantastic so if we are now going to see a raft of m a activity you know from across the pond simply because uh, the uh, entities listed here in the UK are undervalued compared to their US counterparts. Then that does suggest a across across a, a, a uh, indices approach to investing. So um, so on, on on the basis that of course if um, if uh, M and if there's M and A activity across a number of sectors, um, it will in turn lift the FTSE higher as uh, as a whole. So you will still see some decent gains off the back of that um, uh, uh, regardless. And certainly, you know, we, we were speaking about Megit. Of course, Megit had this unsolicited approach for £9 per share. Megit's currently at £8.32, having sort of rocketed since its low. Uh, in fact, it's doubled in price since uh, the middle of July. So um, so that's great. Um, news, of course, recently that um, a, another another uh, um, uh, uh, hedge fund has added its name, taking a stake in Megat. 
the Sachem hedge fund. Um, uh, so, so yeah, clearly there's a battle going on. Um, uh, I mean, Megat then initially agreed to the eight pounds per share takeover offer from Parker Hannafin, and then Trans Transdigim came in with a nine pound per share bid. So, so of, of course, you, you, when you've got two or three huge, huge organisations battling out to 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 win the bidding war. That's great for the rest of the indices in general. Um, so, so yeah, it, it's an exciting time, and let's hope it continues because it's uh, what what it will result in is a strong end to, uh, to the year for uh, for all stocks, and of course, it'll it will um, it will drive our portfolios in the direction we all want them to go. Indeed, indeed. Whenever there is takeover interest, in whichever form it comes in, it does make the market particularly exciting during that period. So, um, as you said, I think we're set for quite a interesting finish to the year if this trend continues. So, Alan, now let's just look quickly at the two companies leaving the FTSE 100. Firstly, let's touch on briefly uh, Just Eat. I mean, how much is just leaving the FTSE 100, not being demoted to the FTSE 250, but being removed from the indices because it's being classed as a Dutch company. And how much is that a kick in the teeth for investors that are interested in technology? Uh, yeah, I, I think it's um, uh, it's obviously disappointing. Of course, Deliveroo is is probably now more in focus than Just Eat, but um, you know, Just Eat really blazed a trail in this area. Um, you know, for uh, food apps and ordering food apps online, but um, but you know, it's it's simply uh, technology evolution, isn't it? Um, it's it's now become a Dutch company, so it's moved, um, and so uh, you know, it it it, it has it, it'll be. Uh, Exiting from is exiting from the from the FTSE hundred, um, but I mean the, the the underlying business model is still sound nonetheless. So, so if there is a significant uh, uh, you know fall in, in price, and if that in turn drives down other players in the sector, um, delivery for example, then then that could cre create a buying opportunity in those companies. But uh, yeah, I, I mean, just the I think um, I think have really shown the way in uh, in blazing uh, blazing a trail in developing um, bringing technology into the into the food into the restaurant and the the takeaway industry yes i mean indeed with just it demonstrates what british companies can do but it's just a shame to see them go overseas sometimes and disappear from from uk markets so alan now let's just touch on the last company here we're group now this is a particularly interesting one because we've discussed in much detail this year about a commodity super cycle. Now, Weir Group is a, is a minerals mining uh, engineering company. So you would think that in an environment that is being supported by higher metals prices, um, you would see a company like that doing well. But actually, you know, it, it struggled. I mean, is it a case that you feel that we're actually seeing a commodity super cycle because there has been a lack of investment in exploration over the last few years. And that's why we're seeing Weir Group fall out of the indices. And that's why we're seeing prices of commodities being supported going forward. Yeah, I, that, that, certainly. I, I think I think Weir Group is is a bit of a victim in, in that regard because we've um, it's been a, a lackluster summer for um, for companies engaged in the sector. Um but I, I, I think, nonetheless, the um, the, uh, the its demotion from the FTSE 100 might just be a a, a temporary blip. Um, I, I, and I think um, 
uh, and I think going forward, uh, the, the group could could make a return at some point. But um, it, it's it's just all part of the cyclical process that the in, that the indices goes through. And I think we're, I, I think you know we've seen Morrison's and Meg make that entry based on based on uh, uh, on M and A activity, nothing more. So in turn, we could find that. Um, as Weir Group makes its exit and uh, it, its valuation falls and share price falls, it too may become a, a, a bid target or it may sell off some of its uh, assets in order to um, to restructure. And that's what you'll often see these entities doing. So um, it's an, an interesting time and all of this price movement creates opportunity, whether it's an opportunity to sell out at the top or whether it's an opportunity to, to en- enter the stock at a lower level and uh, you know there are lots of brokers still very supportive um of uh, of of weir group i mean jp morgan casanova updated uh, upgraded weir group to overweight from neutral put the price target their price target up to just under under 20 pounds a share from 18 pounds saying you know citing current levels as a very good entry point so the exit from the FTSE 100 may drive that down further still so arguably Offering even greater value, so um, and, and and all that comes after after you know we're we're imported a seventeen percent uh, upswing in orders for the first half um, at the end of July. So you know the company's still uh, performing well, doing well, and uh, generating plenty of plenty of cash and plenty of profits. So um, so yeah, it, uh, you know any fall in the share price from here on in uh, probably offers a, a far better opportunity to buy into the stock. Yeah, so I mean, looking looking at, at Weir Group, I don't think it's been a particularly poor time for them as, as a business. We've seen a bit of weakness in the share price, but nothing major there. And I remember back over the years, Weir Group is a company that quite regularly comes into the FTSE 100, goes down back to the FTSE 250 and back and forth. I think over the last decade, it's definitely done it a few times. So I'm sure if we see a pickup in the share price there, it is a company we'll see back in the FTSE 100 in the next couple of years at some point. So let's now, Alan, move on to the first company that we're going to discuss today in some detail. Now, for somebody like myself that's interested in growth companies, um, small British companies, innovative companies um, that are operating here, uh, based here in the UK and looking to come to the market, we've seen a particularly interesting and exciting time at the Aquis Exchange. So there's been quite a lot of uh, deal activity there, IPOs coming on, but there's obviously a lot more to the business than that, Alan. So what's been happening there at, at Aquis? Well, Aquis is, is a fascinating uh, business and entity. And of course, the chief exec, Alistair Haynes, uh, former chief executive of, of the Chiax Exchange in Europe, um, is currently driving the business forward. Um, Chair, Chairman Nicola Beattie is um, uh, former chairman of XTX, uh, uh, the Australian fintech company IRS, and she's been with Kepler Chevra, um, Moex Russian Exchange, and Borsa in Istanbul. And she's she's also uh, she also has a number of roles with the FCA. So there's a very good team running the business, and of course, it's taken years really for um, Aquis, or the actual exchange itself, to come of age, but it really has now, and I think it's. It's um, companies wanting to come to market. I think uh, a lot have historically been put off by the sheer cost of listing on AIM. Um, and of course, Aquis offers a much cheaper route to market. And it's it's evolved. I mean, I can remember years ago, the Aquis Exchange 
formerly Offex, then uh, became Plus Markets, and then ISDX, and then of course Next Exchange, up to Aquis. And at the point it became Aquis, um, uh, the the entity three divisions basically became one large company. So you got Aqu- Aquis Exchange, which is an operator of multilateral trading facilities (MTFs) um, with um, it, it, and and the two. The, the, the two uh, key selling points for its uh, platforms are it's a lit order book um, and there's no aggressive non-client proprietary trading uh, on the exchange, uh, which of course means there's less lower toxicity and less risk for investors engaging with that. Um, sitting underneath that, you've got Aquis Technologies, which of course is the software and technology um, business, which provides um which which provides the the tech for the platforms and also um, uh, it has market surveillance uh, and market gateways that it provides to banks brokers and investment funds and I think you know as regular traders and investors we're all aware of the uh, of the improved access to to um, Aquis uh, stocks uh, through stockbrokers like Hargreaves and AJ Bell and so on. Um, although you can't yet trade them online, the access is very quick and straightforward. Um, and then, of course, um, the, the AQSA, the Aquis uh, Exchange Stock Market, um, which provides a primary um, and secondary market for trading. Uh, so companies coming to the market can pay a moderate moderate fee, get onto the market. And, uh, of course, it's a recognized investment exchange and um, they can trade away. Um uh, at the end of last year, the the uh, the, uh, 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 the the profile of companies on Aquis Exchange was enhanced. It's uh, they were divided into into access um, access uh, as the name would imply uh, is uh, if you list on the company you're an access stock you you're a new admission and of course that is also open to uh, special per- special purpose acquisition companies SPACs with a minimum. Seven hundred thousand pound market cap, and then of course you've got apex companies, which uh, there's a set criteria for these companies. They have to publish a growth prospectus, um, a minimum of ten million market cap, with at least twenty five percent of the shares in public hands and two market makers. Um, and also these companies have to adhere to a recognised corporate governance code, for example the QCA Quoted Companies Alliance, and they are protected from short selling by third parties so a really strong offering and i mean there are a number of companies that uh, that we look after um uh, you know coin selling for example is one company that's an apex company on the exchange um and as we've gone through this year we've seen the business uh, develop further still um of course aquis is is listed on the on, on the at the lse with the ticker aqx Capitalized at the moment at uh, 190 million, and if you look at uh, the shares, you know since this time last year they've more than doubled in value. So a great return, but it's also it's it's a bit like a fund really because it's uh, you've got the the spread of risk from the divisions that are generating cash for the fees, and then of course the companies coming onto onto the market. So. Uh, it's a very in in terms of spread of risk. It, it's uh, it's very much at the low end of the risk spectrum, I believe. Um, and the developments during this year j- just bear that out. So um, it's uh, started trading in, in Swiss shares. Uh, so you can trade some major Swiss stocks such as Roche on the exchange, um, and it's working with investors um, and investor organisations such as Share Society 
to improve investor market access to these stocks and also to enable investors to get good access to growth companies. Um, then in May, it uh, announced that it gained equivalence with the Frankfurt Stock Exchange for dual quotations. So companies listed on the Frankfurt Stock Exchange uh, are listed here uh, on the Aquis and, and vice versa. Um, and of course, with Germany uh, being Europe's largest investor community, this also provides Aquis companies with access to that market and also to, to German funds. Um, um, added to this, Aquis brought along a research organization to provide research for Apex stocks. And then it announced, um, it, it announced uh, that its uh, MTF or the, the multilateral trading facility had achieved a record market share of 6, 6% uh, of all pan-European trading in July this year, and that's a, that's a massive step forward. So, you know, Aquis is Aquis now, uh, or during that month, controlled six percent of all the um, uh, of all of the uh, trading activity that went on in Europe in July. So that's a huge step forward. I mean, previously it would have been a, it would have been a fraction uh, a fraction of that. So it just gives you an idea of the steps forward the company has taken. So, so the company said it expects to make a, announce a maiden full year profit. We have the interim results coming up in a couple of weeks on the twenty third of September. So, I think that's going to be the next uh, the next point at which we'll see or we'll get some idea of just the, the progress the company has made and how it's going forward. But um, uh, I, you know, it's at a very exciting juncture. And even though it's delivered strong returns for investors over the past year, I still think you know it, we're right at the start of the evolutionary curve for this company and obviously you know as an investor into aquas stocks i think uh, once they can uh, secure electronic trading across the major stock exchanges for aquas stocks then it becomes the new aim indeed indeed and that was something that i wanted to pick up on there i mean well what's the viability of aquas becoming the new aim and i think you've just summed that up quite nicely there and, and i think there's one point i'll just add before we move on is there's a, we received an, an announcement yesterday that there's a company called VSA Capital, which is opting to list on Aquis. Now, this is obviously a, a broker that's that's dealing with listed companies. And for them um, to, to choose to list and use Aquis as opposed to, to AIM or any other market is, is quite telling, actually, to what's happening there. Yeah, very much nice. yeah. yeah. So that's uh, an interesting story. And, and as I said at the beginning, um, you know, what they're doing for... Um, small startup growth companies, maybe not so small now, actually some of the companies they have on there, providing that growth capital, very exciting stuff and interesting to see what they're going to be doing over the next 12 months. And I'm sure one that we'll discuss on the podcast again. So, Alan, let's now just finish off with one that listeners will be familiar with because we discussed it uh, on numerous occasions because it does have a very strong news flow, and that's ECR Minerals. What's the latest update from them? Well, very interesting step forward today. Um, I, I'm, I won't go into uh, all the details, but uh, investors that know the stock will know the company is engaged uh, with uh, uh, some gold exploration campaigns focused on the Victoria gold fields in Australia. And those two, the two primary territories are Bayliston, which is uh, just east of the Fosterville gold mine, which is one of the most successful and prolific gold mines in the world. 
and the Kresik Territory. And this is just north of the Ballarat gold mine, which is uh, a narrow seam gold mine. Um, uh, and uh, uh, the company's been engaged in aggressive drilling campaigns uh, throughout uh, this year. Very well funded. It raised 2.2 million um, earlier in the year. The company uh, uh, announced today that um, uh, following a property acquisition, it now has 4.2 million in the bank. Uh, so still very well funded. And that's after acquiring two of its own drilling rigs. So um, what, but I think what's telling today is it's announced the acquisition of a property set on 16 acres within its 45 square kilometer Kresik license area. And uh, those that have followed the stock will know that um, a drilling campaign has been uh, underway for, um, for for some months and uh, several holes that uh, have been drilled in the Kresik territory return 9.93 grams per tonne and 23.5 grams per tonne of gold, respectively. Um, very exciting find, but in keeping, most notably in keeping with the geology in the area and the geology that's seen within the within the Ballarat mine. So what's exciting here is that they've acquired this property. Um, they've spent half a million on acquiring the properties, uh, acquiring the property, um, and uh, the, the 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 company said today it will provide a base for activities across the license area. So obviously storage and and uh, facilities and you know possibly accommodation as well uh, but it will also be the appropriate site for development of the mine decline um, now a few weeks ago adam jones the head geologist there talked on a an interview with uh, with private investors and he described what they were finding with the drilling and he said um typical you you're they're finding these these shoots or these mineral shoots on the ground and these are some 100 meters in length and a meter wide um, and when you he said when you get shoots like that containing you know between nine and 23 um, grams per ton of gold you know you've got millions and millions of dollars within each one of those shoots and he said then you know the the geology is very similar to that of the Ballarat gold mine which is a, a narrow vein underground mine where where these shoots are mined out so clearly the announcement today um the uh, the information from the drilling campaigns, um, the company's done, undertaken this assessment and it's made the decision to go ahead with this purchase. So it will own the land on which it develops its own mine. Um, and I think I think you know when you've got uh, ECR trading at one point uh, was uh, it's currently at one point six six five p, giving it a sixteen million market cap. Um, a company that's building its own mine. I mean uh, it's. Um, it's uh, it, it indicates to me that there's a considerable amount of, of upside opportunity here because, um, as we well know, you know companies like Newmont Mining and um, and uh, Newcrest Mining, companies that have worked with small cap mining companies to develop mines. And a, a, an example here, of course, is Greatland Gold, which was trading on a similar market cap to ECR Minerals. Uh, just, um, discovered the Haviran gold resource in um, in the Pilbara, um, partnered with Newcrest Mining, and um, within the space of about a year, Greatland's market cap um, was as high, at one point was as high as 1, 1, 1.2, 1.3 billion. And this, this is what can happen to small gold miners. So ECR is at a very exciting juncture, but I think unlike Greatland at that point, it's very well funded and it can undertake it, undertake its own work to the point where 
where it can actually um, it can actually uh, prepar- start preparations for developing its own mind. So very exciting times and uh, a lot more news to come, I'm sure, in the, in the coming months. Yes, indeed. Quite a significant update there from ECR. And I'm sure it's one that we will be following on with when we hear more from ECR on their development projects there. So, Alan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you, John. So just as a note, actually, to listeners on the subject of the Aquis Exchange and companies listed on the Aquis Exchange, we have the UK Investor Magazine Virtual Technology Summit, which is coming up on the 21st of September. And there's a particularly interesting company that will be presenting in Summercand Global, listed on the Aquis Exchange, a market cap of about 80 million. So do sign up for the virtual summit. There's a link in the event section on the UK Investor Magazine website, as well as in the notes to this podcast, we will put in a link where you can register for that virtual summit, which is on the 21st of September. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember, all investment involves risk.